Welcome to the Socialista Podcast, a collection of stories from Las Vegas creatives. My name's Brianna, and I'm going to be your guide to the city of Las Vegas, where I will be unveiling the stories of all of our amazing creatives, makers, entrepreneurs, and community changers. Welcome back, everybody, to the Socialista Podcast. We are starting off 2019 with a really special guest. This is someone who I met back in 2017, and you've actually heard one of their songs in the podcast before, so uh, I'm introducing Rich Man from the Union Drifters. Yes. Welcome. very excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here as well. It's been a long time. It has, yeah. It's (laughs) funny. We met... It almost feels like a long time ago. Was back... The vintage market, right? It was, yeah. That was, I think, back on that moment, thinking like how weird I must have been. Like, oh, hello, sir. Like... <laughs> <laughs> nah. Because that when I was like first starting conceptualizing yeah, yeah. this podcast, so this is a really special like moment, kind of yeah. nostalgic for me to actually have you sitting here <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much. No, I'm stoked to be here. Yes. Got a lot to talk about. I feel like. Yes, you. Uh, from what you tell me, been very very busy. Yes, just kind of been. This year's been pretty crazy. Had a lot of. I was in Nashville for a couple months. Mm. We we're doing some new recordings out there, and then coming back, just trying to get everything ready for next year <laughs> for yeah. 2019. All packed in by the holidays before. I <laughs> going bet. Home Do you have most of your 2019 mapped out? We have. We have a pretty, uh, pretty good chunk of it. I would yeah. say mapped out for the most part. Yeah. Doing a lot of shows across the west coast at first then we're going out to the midwest and the east coast later on in the year oh nice and then releasing some new music march 1st a couple music videos and then we're starting the second album back in nashville probably in the beginning of the summer that's super exciting yeah so (laughs) it's been a year since your first cd release yeah right I think we, what was it, the 18th or the 19th? I think it was the 19th. I think it was the 19th, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. January yeah. 19th was when we put out the first record. That's so. amazing. How do you feel like the whole year has been since then? It's been good, definitely. Uh, we had some, we had to take a little break, so mm. I ended up playing with uh, some of our, our really good friends, Naked Elephant. You guys are probably, oh, yeah. they're another great local band from Vegas, but their bass player ended up breaking his wrist in an accident oh, in a motorcycle accident unfortunately that. oh, that's... yeah so i went in and covered for maybe like five or six months while he was out oh okay so yeah i went and we ended up going over to england and did some shows with him over there so that no was a way. lot of fun yeah that's awesome yeah no they're amazing they're killer bands so they've done a couple of the markets i know too uh-huh. they're really phenomenal oh yeah they're all great josh mikey and taylor they're all phenomenal musicians but i had like the pleasure of going overseas and playing with them for a little bit and now yeah back working on my own thing and back to the grind you know <laughs> yeah definitely back to the hustle yep so here comes 2019 <laughs> i know so 2019 is gonna be a good one we're definitely hitting it pretty hard it feels good i have to say it feels like a lot of the creatives that i've been talking to it's i mean i feel like a lot of people during the beginning of the year they're like oh new year like new me yeah, but like yeah, exactly. i feel like this is honestly like a good year for a lot of people definitely. so it's, it's nice to feel like the positive vibes that everyone's yeah, kind of like giving off like a... and new things are coming out Brent Ferguson's, shift. they're remodeling a lot of stuff, so... I know, I'm excited for the front. I know, so am I. For those who don't know, <laughs> restaurants and very cool things are coming, Live so... music, a bunch yeah. of fun stuff. Yeah. That'd be cool. Definitely, yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Rich, before we start talking more about your show that's coming up um, yeah. this week, that the podcast is coming out, mm-hmm. I would love to learn a little bit more about you, and I believe yes. the listeners would probably want to look learn more about your background as well so if you could take me back talk about where you grew up so i'm originally from southern california so there's a small town called marino valley which is right next to riverside which is a more well-known city i would say okay um but i grew up there my entire life until i was probably 22 Mm -hmm. i'd say it's kind of when i moved made the move to vegas Okay, right from California to Vegas. Yeah, so it was my, my first stop. Oh, wow. Away from... Did you did you visit Vegas as a kid? Or... I did. So okay. <laughs> my parents love to gamble. Oh, They love <laughs> well, to, like, gamble, sense. and, like, they love to go out and have fun, and so ever since I was a kid, like, me and, like, my best friend Alex and his parents, who were best friends with my parents, would come to Vegas, and, like... Oh, nice. It was funny, because I never really thought I would end up here like right it was never a conscious decision to like I'm gonna move to Vegas I like, don't think that's anybody's conscious yeah, decision just, if I'm honest <laughs> yeah it just kind of happened on accident um the band started playing down in Temecula okay back in I want to say it was like 2012 2013 maybe somewhere mm-hmm. between there and we had a residency at this place called Cellars 93 which was like a like a wine bar and like a restaurant oh got it okay and it turned into like this crazy underground movement. It was like, it was mind, like literally mind boggling when we think about it. But basically, I don't know if there's a couple other musicians in town. Like, do you know Matt Metalco from Elko? He has a band. He has a huge beard. I think I know of him. Yes. Yeah. So his band was called Elko. Um, one of my good friends, Shana G, she's from Nashville. She's like one of the people who I always see when I'm out there. Yeah. And then there was another band called Don't Kick Jimmy, who was like a Rage Against the Machine meets, uh, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) So, yeah, like, it was all all of our bands, and we started just playing there, I think it was every Tuesday, which was really funny. Wow. And it kind of, like, groomed the bands. Like, we started to play weekly and, like, get to, you know, just start performing more. So, like, really, like, honing in on our instruments and our music and stuff like that. But, like, it, like, turned into just this crazy thing, like... All of a sudden, like, it went from, like, there'd be a couple people to, like, next month, like, the place would be, like, packed. Oh, wow. And, like, there was, like, people dancing on the tables. Like, people were, like, dancing on the tabletops. And, I love like, that. Oh, it and just that was out. here? This was in Temecula, California. Oh, Temecula, okay. Yeah, and it just turned into this crazy, crazy, like, underground scene where, like, every Tuesday, you know that there would be, like, a super badass show. That's awesome. And, like, all these... Temecula winery people would come out and like it would just turn into this crazy thing like I said people dancing on the tables like drinking excessive amounts of alcohol like it was just like it was so funny that sounds like so much fun it was super fun it was it was great but it ended up closing down Mm -hmm. um unfortunately because it was such a cool spot but one of the owners uh his name was Ben Carey yeah and he eventually, right after that closed down, I don't know if he moved out to Vegas immediately or, like, he started coming out here with his band, Elvis Monroe. And he had been kind of, like, he was the one who was booking us there and, like, getting us these gigs. But he ended up coming out to Vegas, and he kind of brought all of us along with him. He was it. like, hey, like, I have some gigs out here. You guys can come out and, like, have an opportunity to make some money playing these, like, live gigs. And so... The bands just kind of followed us, Matt Metalco, wow. and then we ended up kind of in the Vegas scene, and 
made our way out here and moved here eventually. And Yeah. So how long have you been out here? Uh, I think it's going on, it's about three and a half years, okay. if I'm right. Somewhere in there, three and a half, maybe four years. Yeah. So, a little, it's been a minute. Yeah. I love it, though. I love Vegas. It's a wonderful place. It and is. I, I think a lot of people who have not been to Vegas before or just in general don't think Vegas is a good place to live. I know, it's so crazy. But, like, I would not, I'm from the East Coast and I don't want to move back. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. I love it. So were you, um, what were your thoughts about coming out to Vegas? Were, I know you said your family was like into coming here and you yeah. came here as a kid, but mm-hmm. at the time were you like, what's out really for me, you know? Yeah, like I didn't really know anything other than the strip at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and as we started to come out here on like weekends and stuff to like start gigging, like getting into like the gigging circuit out here, yeah. we just stay at hotels and stuff and like, you know, we're eating like top ramen from like a coffee maker just like throw it under and like brew a cup of noodles you know yeah but I was no I wasn't hesitant I was I was pretty excited about coming out here I just didn't know much right like it's such a it's a pretty big town like it is yeah other like outside of the strip especially from where I'm from like it's a pretty relatively small city yeah yeah (laughs) so for me i was like oh my gosh this place is like massive there's so much to do well really like where i live on northwest side of town when you look out you can see the entire city yeah massive and it's still growing it's crazy it really is and i think i mean uh i don't know the actual like square mileage but just the looks of it it's a lot bigger than any city that i've been to yeah definitely and nobody expects that yeah just think of like the the strip strip. yeah and that's that's it that's all that's here in the middle of the desert but i I always tell my friends i'm like no you have to come to like really come to vegas like yeah because all my friends come out from, like, Nashville or, like, California, and they just, like, go and they do the strip stuff, and I'm just like... Yeah. Oh, I was like, that's, like, that's your first trip to Vegas, and, like, you need right. to get, like, the the more in-depth Vegas experience of, yeah. like, going to, like, K-Town, like... Definitely. All these, like, super fun spots, all the cool bars, and, like, there's, like, good eats everywhere, like, so many oh, good restaurants sure. out here. Yeah. Like, when you tour guide, where do you like to take people? Ooh... I really like the Golden Tiki. Oh my gosh, I was just there yeah. for the first time. <laughs> really? Yeah, so good. Dude, Golden Tiki is so fun. Like, so many good nights I've had there. Um, that's a good spot um, for food. Nataya's Secret Kitchen, which is over in Summerlin. I just took Lily there for the first time I've yesterday. I've never heard of that place. And oh. I used to work in Summerlin. Oh, it's so good. What the heck? Yeah, their spinach salad is just, like, out of this world. Hopefully they'll, like, give me, like, a free one for, like mentioning them on the podcast there you go you should like, play it back for yeah them. i know be like i talked about you guys hopefully i can get a free uh this is better than yelp <laughs> yeah exactly um that's a good spot what else i'm like really big into like thai and indian food yeah but like other bars like we're always at corduroy corduroy is a fun one i've yet to make it there really yeah oh that's super cool i know like you're there a lot and then um dj wisdom i know plays yeah. there a lot too mm-hmm. so just the tunes they have like the music they play is so good like they do like a lot of i don't even know like early 2000s like yes they do like some emo <laughs> music they kind of like it. do like a mix of everything from like my middle school yes. of age i'm like oh my gosh i haven't heard this song in so long Bring so back the jams yeah it's always so fun and like the people that go there are always great the bartenders are super awesome so that's so cool that's definitely a good spot where else would i take somebody i've never actually been asked that question definitely like on the hiking side of things i love to like get outdoors yeah um i just did a new one the other day the gold strike 
Have you done that? It's yeah. over in uh, out past Boulder City, like mm. right next to. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of that. It's right next to the lake. Okay. But it is so cool. Like, yeah? that has been my favorite hike that I've done in Vegas. Okay. At the end of it, so you do this, like, it's about a two-mile hike each way. Got it. But you go, and it's, like, it's so cool because, like, you have to, like, use ropes. So, like, people, like, just pedestrians, like, put in these crazy ropes and, like, tie them inside these rocks, and you have to, like, just hope that it doesn't break. So you're, like, <laughs> just hoping it works. Here but we go. <laughs> You kind of have to go with a couple people because it's actually, there's some difficult parts. Really? Yeah, where, like, you might need help getting up. Cause, yeah. Like, you're going up, like, a, I don't know, 20-foot rock, oh, like, geez. by a rope, you know, just trying to climb up it. Yeah. But it's so cool. And, like, once you get to the end, there's, like, two or three, like, natural hot springs. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, everyone just, like, strips down, like, throws on a bathing suit, and, like, you just go in these, like, natural hot springs, and I swear they must be, like maybe, like, 100 degrees, something like that. It's, like, it's, like, getting in a jacuzzi. Like, it's absolutely amazing. That's one thing I don't think I would have expected. Yeah, I know. Neither did I. I was, like, no way. This is crazy, and I did it. And they're, yeah, they're pretty big. Like, you could probably fit, like, 15 people in each one. Mm -hmm. And that's super cool. And then if you go straight, you have, like, the river going through, like, these massive, like, canyons. It's so cool. Yeah, I would have never thought that because I've been, like, kind of hesitant. I've been to Boulder City and I've been to the Hoover Dam, but I haven't gone to, like, the Lake Mead side yet. Yeah. Or anywhere near the river. So, I'll have to try it. Definitely check it out. Gold Strike Canyon, like, funnest hike I've done in Vegas. All right. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, that one's cool. But I would say those are, those are probably, like, my top spots for doing stuff. Maybe, like, hike in the morning lunch at, like, Nataya's, and then, like, going out to, like, Golden Tiki or, like, Corduroy, like... I love that. Yeah, somewhere down here. It's always fun. That's a jam-packed, like, fun day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would be, like, Rich's tourist, I don't know, guide, whatever it would we be. We should start, like, a, a Rich a Rich's tour, and then we'll just, like... Yes. Get we'll it just, going. Like, hopefully. Start at the canyon, and yeah. then... <laughs> that would be so fun. I would, would love to do that. That would be really cool. You should start, like, a... A little side Instagram, business. Yeah, Instagram story, like, hey, I'm out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be really fun. Oh, that'd be super cool. <laughs> so, um, when you moved out here to Vegas, mm-hmm. the band Union Drifters that you're with now, were you already, like, established at that point, or...? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, the band started back in 2012? Okay. Roughly 2011, somewhere wow. in there. So, yeah, we'd been a band for a while, and... We'd gone through a couple member changes, mm-hmm. like, from the original band. I started it with me, uh, the current drummer, Kevin, and then these two twins, Anthony and Victor, and they ended up going separate ways, and mm-hmm. then me and Kevin knew some other people. Kevin was best friends with Brittany, who ended up joining the band. Okay. And then he played in a- another band with this guy named Daniel Rosa, who was on The Voice, and... Hmm. Daniel Rosa's guitar player was Miles, and then we ended up jamming with Miles. I was like, Miles, like give me some guitar lessons, you're so good. Oh, that's awesome. We ended up jamming one day, and he's like, oh, man, like, he just really liked the music, and, like, we, like, meshed really well, and so he kind of came in and joined, and Spence has kind of been there since the beginning, too, also. Yeah. Like, he's kind of, Spence yeah. is kind of an OG member. He was, like, it was super funny. I remember we were, at, we were at a party, like, there was this crazy house party in Riverside somewhere, and there were just so many people, like, drinks everywhere, and there were some people in the backyard, and someone had a guitar and then there was this dude and it was Spencer who I didn't know at the time but he's like ripping away on the fiddle and I'm like oh man 
I was like, this dude is sick. And then he put the fiddle down, and then he pulled out a trumpet, and then he's just like slaying on the trumpet too. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I was like, we need this guy in the band. And so like, I wrote him for a probably, I think I found him on Facebook and probably wrote him like ten times. And he was just like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe. And then like finally, like he heard one of the songs and he was like. Then he got really excited about it, and he's like, oh, this is so cool. He's like, I'll come and sit in with you guys. And, like, he kind of, like, had, like, one foot in and, like, one foot out. He's like, I'm not really in the band, but, like, I'll come and, like, play some shows and just jam with you guys. And then yeah. eventually I, like, wrangled him in. <laughs> and now he's, like, such a key element to the to the music, and, like, he helps so much on the business side of things. And, like, awesome. he's very good at stuff like that where I'm just like, oh, God, no. <laughs> the business end. I hate it. <laughs> Save me, please. I know. <laughs> Like, I just want to play guitar. (laughs) But, yeah, it's pretty... We started, yeah, back in, I think it was probably 2011. Wow. So we were already established by the time we came out here. Okay. Yeah, so ended up moving out here. We all kind of came at different times. Mm -hmm. So Kevin ended up coming out first. Okay. Like, I think he might have been here maybe six or seven months before everyone else. And then Brittany came out second. And then, like, a month after Britney, me, Miles, and Spencer all, like, followed behind. That's so cool. I know. And then we all kind of started doing some shows out here and kind of started doing some cover gigs to make money so we could survive on our own. Yeah. And then, yeah, starting working on the original stuff, getting the album done, and then put out the first album last year. So Yeah. Took a minute, but we finally got to it. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's all in, like, due time. Yeah. And that release party was amazing. Yeah, it was super fun. It yeah. was so fun. I was just listening to the album again. I was just oh, like, really? Yeah. I was just like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, that, that was, I remember, because that was one of the first, like, shows, like, had seen in Vegas. And I just remember there being so much, like, electricity. And it was so, like, yeah. positive, And it was a really good time. Oh, So you yeah. guys do a really wonderful job Thank with, you. like, your showmanship and the music yeah. itself is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited for this next one. <laughs> I am too. We're doing some fun light stuff, so. Yeah. We have some cool light show stuff Ooh, planned. okay. Interesting. I know, so I'm super excited about that. Like, trying to step it up. Mm-hmm. Every time, you gotta, like, bring something new to the table. Definitely, so. yeah. This year is, like I said, it's a lot of growth, but we're starting to implement a whole light show That's and everything cool. with the music that yeah. goes along with the entire show, so. That's amazing. It's going to be super cool. Yeah. So where um, do you gather some of your inspiration or where do some of your other bandmates, like, what mm. inspires you when you're creating music? Um, Most of the time, it's, like, heartbreak, as horrible as that sounds. That's pretty normal, though. Yeah, I feel like a, as a musician, like, that's kind of, like, the go-to. Like, mm-hmm. musicians are always heartbroken. Like, we're always <laughs> in, like... It sells. Yeah. I mean, or people, you know, it's relatable. Definitely. It, it definitely is relatable, and I feel like... I don't know, that's, at first, that's where I drew a lot of inspiration from, was, mm-hmm. like, personal experiences from, like, relationships, um, with, like, someone romantically, friends even, like, just like that, just, like, the human experience, I would say, um, yeah. but as I've kind of started writing more now, like, you can only write, I feel like, so much about that at a time. Sure. Like, until you get heartbroken again, I'm sure, like, you'll probably yeah. get another batch of songs, but... Over time, like, you just kind of start, like, writing for others as well, too. Like, mm-hmm. I'll look at certain situations and, like, that people are going through, and I'm like, oh, man, like, that's so wild. So, like, I try and envision, like, what it would be like to be where that person, like, maybe, like, I don't know, 
a single mother or like someone who's like, I don't know, it could be anything, someone who's 18 and like raising a kid and like having all these like struggles and like trials and tribulations and stuff like that. So you kind of see other people's situation that you can really empathize with mm-hmm. and you're like, man, like that's where you kind of start. I, I draw a lot of inspiration from things like that. Like when I'm not heartbroken, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, that's, that's interesting. Cause I've never really heard another musician that I've talked to mm-hmm. really to, uh, speak on that. So yeah. Like I think you can only write, about yourself for so much until you kind of start to run out of things to say. Yeah. And then you discover, like, this whole other world of, like, I don't even know, like, other people, other emotions, other situations, other things that you can write about and also relate to people. Yeah. You know, like, it's just not your own experiences. Like, you can find other people's experiences and write about those, Mm -hmm. and that can be related to, you know... an entire new audience Definitely. of people, so... I, li- you, I like that you mentioned that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about empathy, and, you know... Oh, yeah. Although you can't really live their life, it's, you know, you can yeah. still kind of see bits and pieces and yeah, maybe definitely. understand what they're exactly. feeling going through, so... And then hopefully write something that they can relate to or something that can, like, help them through a situation, like, yeah. whatever it is, but that's where I get a lot of inspiration, and, like, I look up to, like, a lot of really great writers like Jason Isbell mm-hmm. he's like absolutely fantastic writer like I mean just some of the lyrics he writes are just disgusting you're just like how does he do that like I don't know where he comes up <laughs> with disgusting these lines. in a good way in a like good it's way. too oh, good like it's so okay. good like you like you just read it like you don't even have, he doesn't have to sing it you could I just like at night I'll like go in my bed and I'll just like read through his lyrics and it's just like beautiful like poetry and like he's absolutely incredible Gregory Allen Isakov. I don't know if you've listened to him. I think I know a few. He's a dude based out of Colorado, but... Okay. Just another, like, absolutely fantastic lyricist. Yeah. I'm all about... I love lyrics. Like, that's where... That's where like, pull yeah. people in, I feel. Yeah. Of course, you have, like, the musical part, and that's going to draw people in at first. Yeah. I feel like the lyrics are what people really, like, attach to. Definitely. And that's... I feel like, for me, that's the coolest thing. Like, I remember... It was probably, like, three or four years ago, we ended up doing like a I don't know they'd had this pop-up shop for life is beautiful on Fremont yeah uh, here at the, the alley no it no? was like this was probably three or four years ago oh it was probably before that. and it was I think it was where corduroy is now okay it was like a vacant building yeah and they ended up turning it into just like this life is beautiful pop-up shop so they had like you know they had like all the merch and stuff they had like shirts oh, and okay. hats and bags and all the stuff that you can get that had life is beautiful swag all over it sure but they ended up doing, like, this really cool, like, concert series there where, like, mm. they just had, like, all the kind of local original acts come in and, like, you would do, like, a 30 or 40 minute acoustic set. Oh, okay. And it was super fun. Like, it ended up being, like, this really cool thing. And, like, Elko did it. We did it. I think Cameron Detman might have did it. There was a, a good group of, like, local cats who yeah. all played on it. Um, but it ended up being super cool. But, like, going back to lyrics, like being at least my main focus I feel like or like the thing that I try and put the most work into is like though because you said it really connects with people and like it's so cool when you could like play something and someone connects with it and so like going back to that pop-up shop we ended up playing one of the songs from the first record uh Last Train to Georgia Mm -hmm. at that show and there was a lady there and like after we played it she was like crying and she like came up to me and she's like oh my god that like 
that song meant like so much like I just like lost my husband a couple months ago and like it like really like touched me in such a like unique way and I was like oh my god like and then it made me cry of course because I'm like (laughs) that's really special but no it's so cool yeah and like I think the power of music is like just absolutely amazing that like someone can create something and then it just goes out into the world and everyone else like gets to like connect to that and like turn it into their own story in a way you know what I mean like I have so many songs that I listen to that like I connect with Mm -hmm. in my own way which I'm sure is so much different than what the writer connected it like with definitely yeah and so it's so cool like that's why I put a lot of emphasis on lyrics and that's my my kind of thing I love it when people can connect on stuff like that yeah definitely yeah (laughs) so um I would assume that you were probably pretty musical as a kid um yeah (laughs) yeah so, it was funny because, like, music was definitely not my first dream. No? Like, what was it? Uh, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Oh, okay. I know, shocking. I, uh, I grew up playing, like, really, really competitive soccer my entire okay. life. Oh, gotcha. So, I probably started playing when I was, like, three or four, like, mm-hmm. and then all the way until I was in my 20s. Oh, wow. My early 20s is when I kind of stopped and... Yeah. Not even purposely, like, shifted my mindset. I just kind of went towards music instead, but I did... I was musical growing up. Mm -hmm. There was always a piano in the house, but I come from, like, a not very musical family. Oh, Uh really? No, no one in my family plays anything. My my mom and grandma, like, sang for fun, like, just, like... But not, not like, professional singers by any means. They sing at, like, Christmas, you know what I mean? Like, you'll find them with a glass of wine, like, running around the house singing, like, (laughs) Dean Martin or, like, some, like, very Italian stuff. (laughs) Um, But we always had a piano growing up, so I started playing piano a little bit, just, like, Mm. for fun. Like, not really knowing what I was doing. And then (laughs) the funny thing is my sister always wanted to be a musician, kind of. Mm. I remember, like, my older sister, she, like, she'd always be like, oh, I want, like, a drum set for Christmas, or, like, I want this, or, like, a guitar or a bass or whatever. She was, like, way more into music than I was. Okay. Because I was, I'm three years younger than her. Yeah. And so, like, always, like, wanted to, like, copy what she was doing. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so cool. Like, (laughs) she likes this type of music, or, like, she wants to do this. Like, I want to do that. And, like, it just kind of, like, I don't know, it just kind of happened. It was so funny. Like, my parents got me a guitar, I think, when I was, like, six or seven. Okay. And, you know, probably sat in the corner for most of its life <laughs> until I think I got my first drum set. I got my first drum set when I don't even know how old I was. I was in seventh or eighth grade. But my uncle, who from Scranton, um, came down to California to see the family. And, like, I'd been playing a little guitar here and there, but yeah. I was like, oh, like, I really want a drum set. And, like, my uncle, like, sweetest man in the world like went out and bought me a drum set for christmas so like i know like so caring and like so i had my first drum set and like i kind of just like started messing around with the stuff like for fun like never i never really got too many lessons or anything Mm -hmm. because i was so focused on like my dream of becoming like a soccer player and that was like my main focus but after i graduated high school I started playing drums with, like, a rock band, and that's kind of where, like, I started, I got my first experience into, like, playing more serious shows, mm-hmm. like, playing actual shows instead of just, like, playing in my basement, you know Yeah. I mean? And that's where I kind of really started to fall in love with it, and I had always, like, I don't even know, like, I accidentally wrote songs when I was young, <laughs> like... <laughs> I didn't even know, like, I didn't mean to write songs. Like, I would just, like, sit down and, like, start making stuff up. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and then like I would write words and like I wasn't consciously like I'm gonna write a song like it just kind of happened yeah which I'm not sure why it did or but it did um but I started playing drums with that band and I was like man this is so fun but like I always had like this calling I was like man like I feel like I have something to like say and I feel like like people need to hear my messages and like mm-hmm. I want to like be more of the front and not like the drums as much as I still love to play drums all the time oh my gosh yeah do you ever like hop in in there oh so, yeah. yeah I do a lot of gigs around town where I just drum that's awesome for like you know a lot of these cover gigs and stuff like that um but I I really I don't know like I had this calling inside me to like something was telling me that I like needed to write my own music mm. and I needed to like be out there like creating my own stuff and not just playing drums on something that has already been created right and so that's kind of where I got the experience from playing drums and like kind of learning how a band worked from like that first band that I was playing drums for. And I kind of took that and implemented my own stuff. Like I started writing my own songs yeah. and got together with some musicians and, and things just ended up meshing well between a lot of us. And that's kind of when I started, I was like, you know what, like I want to be in a band. So that's kind of when I started the Union Drifters. That's I had a awesome. couple songs, and I met the twins at the time, Anthony and Victor, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, like, I have this song, and they were like, because they had their own band, and they wanted me to, like, play drums in their their other band. Got it. Which was, like, com- like I don't even know, it was, like, this comedy band or something, almost? Hmm. They are called the Non-Sequiturs at the time, <laughs> and, like, one of their buddies was singing, and they were just, like, writing these, like, super goofy songs. Hmm. They were actually really, really funny. And then I ended up showing them one of my songs one day, like, probably the first song that I ever wrote, first or second song, and they are like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool, and so we ended up, I ended up going over to their house, and they had, like, this tiny little recording studio, they had, like, a little M-Box, like, Pro Tools M-Box, and, like, a little microphone, and, like, we ended up recording, like, an acoustic version of Old Man, which was, like, the first single off the record. Yeah. And, wow. yeah, it was just, like, acoustic guitar, a couple vocals, and, like, I remember just, like, <laughs> their closet space must have been this big. And, like, I was, like, squeezed in this tiny little closet. And, like, they had, like, blankets everywhere. So it was, yeah. like, soundproofed. And, like, <laughs> it was so dark. They had, like, one of these little, like, LED battery lights that, like, they, like, stuck to the ceiling. <laughs> and I was, like, s- like bent over in this tiny chair and this microphone is right in front of me. And then that's where we recorded the the first song or, like, the first, like, demo of it. And then from there, we kind of decided to, uh, that we like really vibed really well with each other and we wanted to start a band. So then we started Richard Mann and the Super Tramps, which was. And the Super Tramps? Richard Mann and the Super Tramps. <laughs> that was the original name of the band. Wow. Um, <laughs> very different than what we Very different, now. <laughs> yeah. And everyone thought we were a Super Tramp cover band. So like we'd go and play like, you know, just small local shows at like yeah. coffee shops and they'd be like, Richard Mann and the Super Tramps, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a Super Tramp cover band, this is amazing, and I was like, no, we're not a Super Tramp cover band, I just liked Into the Wild, and he talked about, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, uh, that's but hilarious, it's, yeah, so then we ended up switching the name later on, there, Spencer came into the band, he's like, dude, that's an absolutely terrible name, like, you guys have to change Cut this, this. Out. <laughs> so then we ended up kind of settling on the Union Drifters, yeah, that kind of seemed to fit the most from, like, the the stories and like stuff that I'm really into. I was really into like the civil war Okay. and like just like different, 
don't know, like an early time when like. I can see that. Yeah. Just like thinking of, now, thinking of the name, and then a lot of your songs um, seem to be written about other places, and mm. then even your cover art kind of yeah. is familiar to that yeah. style. Yeah. And so I was really into stuff like that, and I kind of wanted to represent that in some way. And I'm always literally like on the move, twenty four seven. Like I really feel like now the older I get, like I do like coming back to like a home spot. But when I was like eighteen, like. Yeah. I was just kind of everywhere, like, nowhere really felt like home. Like, mm-hmm. anywhere I went felt like it at the time, you yeah. know? I could go sleep on a floor in the mountains at someone's house, or I could, like, be across the country or somewhere else in the world, and, like, wow. that always felt like home, but... So I felt like a drifter in that sense. That makes sense. So where was some of the, the craziest spots or the most interesting places that you've stayed, played at? Mmm... We played at a really cool spot in Pasadena, like, when we first started the band. Yeah. And it was this little, like, tiny hole in the wall. <laughs> I think it was called... It was called Old Town Pub. And okay. we ended up meeting... Actually, we have a show in L.A. Uh, February 2nd. Nice. But we ended up meeting this band called The Evening Guests, mm-hmm. who's another absolutely, incre- like, just incredible band. Amazing songwriting, amazing musicians, great artists, like, everything. But that was a super fun spot. That was, like, in, like, the... I'm going to call it, like, the developmental days of the band as we were still, like, figuring out, like, how the songs were going to sound, mm-hmm. like, figuring out parts and stuff like that. Um, that was definitely a cool spot. I would say definitely probably the coolest spot that we played was... There used to be in Riverside, there was this girl named Charlie Moon. Okay. And she's... She is, like, probably one of the most raddest humans of all time. Like, Charlie is just one of those people, like, she's like, I'm going to start a label... And, like, goes out and starts, like, a super dope label. And, like, she ended up doing this thing, like, way back when we started the band. She had these house shows. Mm -hmm. And I remember they would just be, like, the craziest thing. Like, you would show up at this house and it would be tiny. These tiny, this tiny little house. And you would set up, like, the drums and the bass. And there would be, like, a shitty PA system. And then, you know, you'd come back at night. And, like, when the party was starting and the bands were going to play. And there'd be, like, 200 people there. Dang. Like, it'd be, like, mind-boggling. You're like, <laughs> what the hell? And they were just crazy. Like, everybody drinking. Yeah. Like, it was just absolute madness. But I would say those were definitely some of the... The early ones were super fun where you're just, like... You literally don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about merch. You don't have to worry about lighting. You don't have to worry about, like literally anything it's just like we're playing for a bunch of crazy people who want to hear live music and like it's just madness it's so fun but charlie moon is like definitely she was like the creative behind these and i remember (laughs) after the first show that we ever played there like i met her for the first time and i was like oh my god she is so rad after the first show we all got plastered we got (laughs) super plastered and (laughs) I ended up leaving the next morning. I fell asleep on the couch. I woke up the next morning. She was asleep on the floor. And I wanted to, like, leave her a note or something. And I was like, oh, man, like, I got to let her know. Like, we connected so much that night. I was like, I got to let her know, like, how dope this was. Like, this was, like, the coolest experience I've ever done. Yeah. The only thing that I could find was paper plates. (laughs) So I found a paper plate. And I, like, wrote on this paper plate. I I don't even remember what it was. It was like... Dear Charlie Moon, you were, like, the raddest motherfucker I've ever met. <laughs> like, thanks so much for the awesome night, blah, blah, And she was knocked out on the floor, so I literally, I just, like, softly placed it over her face. 
as she was sleeping because she was like sleeping on her side. So she woke up the next morning and found that plate and like we ended up doing a couple more house shows together and stuff like that over the years and become super good friends but we ended up, funny story, we ended up doing this tour. We ended up not going on it because that's when the band kind of separated. Got it. But the entire premise of the tour, it was called The Plates of Destiny. And it was all because she was like, Rich, if you would have not have left that plate, that paper plate on my face, like, none of this would have, like, come to fruition. Like, we would have never become friends that well and, like, all this stuff. And it was super funny. So we raised all this money. Her band ended up going and, like, doing this tour up the West Coast. But, like, we did, like, a Kickstarter and, like... We, like, made these, like, custom plates. They were, like, plastic, and you would, like, draw all over them. Yeah. And then I don't know how they did it, but they, like, put, like, a lacquer finish over it, mm-hmm. so it, like, stayed. But it was called the Plates of Destiny Tour, was what it was. Sounds rad. It was so cool. <laughs> she's, like, she's brilliant, though. Now she's in, like, the whole engineering world and, like, recording music and oh, stuff wow. like that. So she's killing it. She's I'll out in the... Up. Definitely. She sounds really cool. She's super cool. She, If you ever need someone to interview, like, I would highly, highly recommend her. I'd be really down. Where <laughs> she, is she at now? Do you know? I think she's out in Long Beach. Okay. Area, super somewhere cool. like that. Yeah. All right. Super cool. But those were definitely some of the, some of the funnest shows, like, in the beginning. Like, and then I would say on, like, the more serious shows, like, mm-hmm. I think... We had a really fun show where we got to open up for Silver Sun Pickups. Oh, no way. That was super cool. That's awesome. We opened up for them and Pepper. And (laughs) that was, like, our first, like, like real big show. Yeah. Because there was probably, like, 800 people there or something like that. And it was so funny because, like, I just saw one of the local radio stations. They, like, posted, like, looking for, like, an acoustic act. And at the time, like, we didn't really have, like, any electric guitars yet or anything. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're like totally an acoustic act. Like, I'm just yes. going to like, I'm just going to write this guy. Like, it's a radio station. I'm probably never, ever going to hear back from them. So I wrote them, like not even knowing what it was. Like, they didn't put any info about what the show was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like we're an acoustic act. Like, here's a couple songs that we did in our closet. <laughs> and they got back to us and they're like, wow, this is like really cool. Like, we really like it. Like would you guys want to open up a show for us? And I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Like, still not knowing anything about the show. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was probably, like, it's pretty last minute. It was probably, like, a week or so before the show. And he's like, all right, it's going to be at Stingers in San Bernardino. And it's going to be you guys and then Pepper and then Silver Sun Pickups. And I was like, I was, like, mind-boggled. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, he sent this to the wrong person. I was like, he didn't mean to send this to me. I was like, he means to send this to some other band. And long and behold, like, we got to open up for them and hang out with them. Like, they were super cool. So there were some pickups. Like, they were both super, super nice. Um, Pepper was super crazy. The guys were really cool. But yeah. it was our first time, like, really playing, like, a big show. Yeah. And, like, I never really got to, like, be on a stage that big, go through, like, a big sound system like that. Like I said, everything before that was, like, these small, like, shitty bars. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And there was, like, real lovers of music there. It wasn't just, like, drunk people, like, hanging out. There were, like, people that, like, wanted to just see live music. Yeah. And so it was so cool. It was, like, the first time any of us really got to experience, like, playing in front of, like, an audience that was just there to, like, watch music. Mm -hmm. Like, 
not to be at a party or, you know what I mean? But it was so cool. And that was the first time, like, you know, we got off stage and like, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like people like thought we were famous and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm a kid from Reno Valley. Like you do not, <laughs> you do not want my signature on your guitar. I swear. Like, oh my gosh. But it was so, crazy. it was so funny. Yeah. Cause like none of us in the band at the time had ever experienced like anyone wanting and like a signature from us you know what I mean yeah other than like yeah it was it was pretty mind-boggling so that was really like the first like bigger kind of show that we ever did and that Mm -hmm. was that was definitely a fun one for sure sounds like it one of the more influential shows of the band yeah and yeah I'd say that one that one's a good one those three would probably be the the top three the top Charlie Moon, Old Town Pub, and then the opening up for them. Yeah, those sounds like amazing experiences. They were so, super cool. Your um your music mm-hmm. sound like a lot of it sounds like it's inspiration from different areas. You have Last Train to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Are these from travel experiences? Um <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Somewhat. Some, okay. they're kind of from travel experiences. Um because to be honest, when I think uh, when I think of like a folk band yeah. or that style, you don't necessarily think of like Vegas. No, yeah. So it's it's really interesting when I'm when I you know saw you and I listened to you. It sounds like a you know a band that I would probably hear maybe in the South or like Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I know we're not we don't really have like a Vegas sound very it's much. It's cool though. Is there a do you feel like there's a folk scene out here? Is there? I don't um, know of any other really people who are doing that not not a huge one there's like our band um there's elko which is matt Matelko's band mm-hmm. there is the rhyolite sound they're kind of like uh like honky tonk kind of country vibe super okay super cool band i just met the guys the other day but i've been listening to their music for a while and they're yeah. really really good i'm trying to think who else what other is there there's not like too many folk bands out here matt morgan yeah is one um I don't there's definitely not like a big folk scene out here. I wish there was. Yeah. Um, was it like that in California? Was there is it a little bit bigger where you were? Uh there's a couple folk bands we're from, but again like not too too many. Mm-hmm. And if, like it's like it's definitely very hard to keep a band together like the life of a band. I can imagine. Is like That's crazy. it's it's <laughs> Very hard, but I think from the time when we kind of started the band, there's been only one other band that I've seen that's still a band, which was Ava and the Vagabond Tales, and they did our California release show with us last okay. year. Yeah. After the Vegas one, we went to California and did like a California release because that's oh, where nice. we're from. So yeah, yeah. They were on that one too, and they're kind of the only other band that I can think that was like a folk band that was around when we started that's still a band. Wow. Yeah, I don't know of too many back there that there's probably, there might be like a bunch of new ones that I just haven't seen or heard of because yeah. I'm not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it, there's not too much of a scene out here, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting and amazing for how much of a name that you made for yourself out here. Yeah, I mean, try, put a lot of, <laughs> put a lot of work into it, you know? Definitely. It's a... Uh, you have to be a man of many hats in this business, I call it. <laughs> you have to be the artist. You have to be the photographer, the videographer. You have to be your... Social media yeah, manager. Yeah, your marketing manager. <laughs> you have to write the songs, record the songs. Your like, tax person. Yeah, everything, <laughs> All of that. everything you do on your own. So you have to, like... It's definitely a 24-7 job. Like, 
there's Definitely. really no... If you have time off, I feel like, I feel like you're doing something wrong at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, right. What are you doing? <laughs> if you're in the stage that we're at right now and you have, like, a second of time to, like, be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to take a day off and, like, watch TV. Like, you're missing something. Like, you're not yeah. texting the right people or not sending out your music to enough stations or, like, there's always something you could be doing. And that's the thing. Like, you got to you gotta grind so hard in this business. There's a million bands out there who yeah. are trying to do the same thing and, right. like, if you really want to, like, succeed at it or, like, make, you know, some sort of monetary gain, like, money or, like, make a living off of original music, like, you really have to be pushing yourself hard. You have to be emailing stations, radio stations, podcasts, like, Spotify playlist curators, like, right. you have to be doing something all the time and making sure that your name is constantly in front of people who have an influence in the marketplace mm-hmm. of what we're trying to do you know mm-hmm. i would say spotify is definitely one of the top platforms right now for that and yeah that's that's the hard one is like getting getting your name to these curators and you know we've been fortunate to start working with some people this year so it looks like we're gonna have some more playlists and stuff awesome. as far as like getting on some of these cooler americana folk playlists oh cool for spotify and stuff like that that's so. really amazing but it's all it's all a grind, you know? It's yeah. like I would have never found that if I didn't like fail at something else. I would have never gotten like a lead to go this way, you know? It's like you're gonna fail more often than you're gonna succeed, but it's like it's true. Yeah, you're gonna get way more no's than yeses, but Yeah. I feel like if you're not failing then there's something wrong. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. You're you're not actually Yeah, you have, you to, have be, to fail to succeed. Exactly. You have to be willing to fail so many times like I get Mm -hmm. rejected so many times I fall on my face so many times don't know what I'm doing and like (laughs) you know a lot of the stuff I'm like I'm so bad at social media like personally I hate social media I don't (laughs) post hardly anything on my own pages it can be hard well especially when you're busy it's like finding the time to curate yeah an Instagram post can really take some time it does it really it really takes a minute to kind of get it together but this year has definitely been good like I said, I'm kind of starting to, like, assemble a team of, like, people that have been in my life and people that I love to, like, start to, like, help us build together, you know what I mean? Like, Lily yeah. helps on the management side of things with, like, booking, like, flyers, stuff like that. She, like, does all that stuff. Matt Morgan, like I said, he's starting the M3 market, which is, like... I don't know, they do like social media stuff, like mm. branding, different things like that, yeah. photo, video. He's been helping a ton as far as like getting our pages cohesive. So like our Facebook, Insta, Twitter, the website, yeah. everything looking like really cohesive, making it look really professional and stuff like that. We're like going through and doing all that stuff. Um Dave Zeeler has like been helping us a ton. He has handwritten records out here and like he's been really just helping us connections like giving us a lot of guidance on what to do how to do it you know introducing us to certain people like and just really you know helping the band a lot so yeah we've got like a small team which is like definitely (laughs) helping a lot you know but I feel like this year is just gonna be crazy so but it's good because all the people that we're working with now are like people that I love and like people who are like outside of like business or just like my friends who I would hang out with you know what I mean mm-hmm. which I want it to be like I don't want it to be like oh man like I'm gonna get a manager and like just like find like band managers you know yeah, what I mean yeah, it's it like doesn't feel authentic yeah like I want it to be someone who like actually cares about the band and someone who I actually care about and like 
we have a vested interest together in making something successful, not only for myself, but for them, you know? Right. And so that's been, that's been really cool. So over this past couple months, like since September, we've kind of been working on building with these other people who have their own kind of businesses and whatnot. So yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. You've been kind of leading up to this year. You have a lot going on. Yes. Can you start talking about what's going on for you, the show yeah. next week? Yeah, so next next Friday we have the show. That's going to be down at the bunkhouse. Um, doors at 8, show at 9, and then we go on at 11. Um, but we have that. After that, we're going to head out to uh, California. We're doing a show down in Oceanside, and then we're doing Hotel Cafe in L.A. Okay. Then we got, we're releasing some new music March 1st. We have a music video we're releasing. Um, we're kind of hitting a different spot every month for like three or four days. So starting with Vegas and California. Okay. Um, and then following up, we'll be going up north. So we'll do like Santa Cruz, like maybe Chico, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Do like a couple spots up there. So every month we're kind of hitting new spots, going up to Portland, down to Arizona, Colorado. Utah, and then eventually we're going to make our way out to Nashville and kind of do the same thing from there. Nashville, like, the good thing about the Midwest and the East Coast is it's so much more, like, closer together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) like, instead of, like, driving, I don't know, 12 hours up to, like, Portland or Bend, whatever, Oregon, like, Mm -hmm. you could, like, be from, like, Nashville to, like, Chicago and, like, I think maybe, like, five or six hours, something like that. I don't know about really? that. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah, check because like I'm from New Jersey and I don't know, internet. but I think it would take quite a while because Pennsylvania. I don't know if you'd be going through Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania is a huge state. The way that six I six would... hours and fifty two minutes. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah. I would have never thought. Yeah. It seems so much farther. I know. Because I have some buddies in Nashville that also have family back hmm. in Chicago, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm driving back to Chi Town." I'm like. Like, because of the same, like, I was like, what? I was like, dude, Chicago's so far. It's like, I was like, so mind-boggling. He's like, nah, it's like, it's not too bad. And I was like, eh, I guess That's it's like really... a trip to L.A. from here. Yeah. With traffic. Not... Yeah, I know, with the L.A. traffic. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so true, though. The East Coast, you can really kind of bounce around yeah, a lot quicker. Definitely. And all the, like, all the big touring acts and, like, all the buses that head out of Nashville, like, they kind of hit all of these same spots in the Midwest and East Coast that mm-hmm. are kind of relatively pretty close like west coast everything is so spread out it's yeah like, oh yeah it's kind of crazy oh i know think. when like, i moved out here i didn't expect like looking at a map and like realizing how far things actually are I'm yeah like, oh reno's not that far i'm like oh eight hours okay. yeah no yeah reno's far it's like i remember like the first time going down to austin mm-hmm. i was like oh austin's like what like 10 hours like i was way wrong on that really how long was oh, it like I think it took us, like, 22 hours. What? Wow. From SoCal. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, definitely a ways away, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that w- went from where I live to, we would go to Orlando a lot in Florida. That oh, yeah. That was, like, an 18-hour drive. Yeah. But that's, like, the whole East Coast, practically. Yeah, I know. It's, like, everything out here is so spread out. It's like, funny. the drive to, like, Portland or Seattle from mm. Vegas or California, it's, like, so far. And then, same thing going down to Texas. Even over, even over to Colorado, I think Denver is about 11 hours from Vegas. No. So it's just like, <laughs> everything is so spread out. I remember we did a tour with Matt Morgan, mm. and 
it was just so funny because like you'd have to like one day it would just be driving so like you would get to like austin or whatever and we'd play the show there then the next day would be nothing but driving we'd drive like yeah. 12 hours to like cruces new mexico play a show there wake up the next day drive straight to denver which was like 11 12 hours again it's just wow. like yeah like everything is so spread out from these major cities mm-hmm. unlike the east coast so now i'm just curious do you have plans to um on your east coast tour go to philadelphia um i don't know we're still kind of working on that one so Shayna g the girl that i told you about from sellers she's yes. like one of the people that play there she's kind of helping us put all that together just because i'm not too familiar with the scene back there other than in nashville yeah um, so she's kind of stitching everything together for that. Yeah. I will tell you, there are quite a few cool, like, alternative folk bands really? in Philadelphia that are imagine. popping up. Yeah. It's a, it'll be a really, if you do go, it's a, yeah. it's a cool place to go. Definitely. You're going to yeah. have to, like, tell us some spots or yeah, for sure. some bands. Like, yeah, we'll talk after. It's all word of mouth, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nowadays. definitely. So, so, Rich, is there anything else um, that you would like to promote? Um, where people can find you, where they can find Union Drifters. Yeah, so you can find the music at pretty much any uh, listening platform. So, like, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, like, Amazon, Rhapsody, which I didn't even know was a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. Nope, didn't think of that. <laughs> I know. I was, in a, I was in an Uber a couple months ago, and this guy was like, I was telling him about the band, and he's like, oh, are you guys on, on the internet? I was like, yeah. And he, like, pulled up, like, a Rhapsody app and i was like oh i was like i don't even know if we're on that and he like typed it in i was like oh i guess we're yes, like we're sure as hell we're on, i guess we're on rhapsody too i didn't even know that was a website anymore or like a, a platform <laughs> so you can find any of the music on that um we have physical cds that you can buy off the website shirts stuff like that um but you can follow us facebook insta twitter youtube just at the union drifters um got the website which is the union drifters.com um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it though. But like I said, we have the show next Friday, so that's going to be super fun. Releasing some new tracks March 1st and those are going to be, I'm so excited about I those. I can't wait for that. Yeah. We just finished those up and when I was back in Nashville, so those are going to be really cool. And then music video coming out soon. And like I said, we have some shows in LA and then just going to be kind of making our way around the West coast. So just keep an eye out on all of our socials for the spots that we're going to be kind of coming through this year. Definitely. And to make sure listeners go to Bunkhouse uh, yes. Friday the 18th, January, January 18th. 18th at Doors Open at 9? 8. Doors Open at 8. Show eight. starts at 9. Perfect. Awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Rich. No. I really appreciate it. this Thank uh, you for having time. me.